Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. And in this session, we're going to be chatting with Brad Banyas. He's from 366 Degrees, which is a cloud-based marketing automation company. Now, we're super excited to have them on board because they're one of our key sponsors for the summit. And their platform is really quite unique and interesting because it helps to unify marketing and sales data. It brings together a few key pieces. You've got email marketing, lead capture, social media posting, and then it manages to do through two-way integration with some of the top CRM platforms like Nimble, who is another one of our sponsors for the event. So you can basically pull data in two directions from these platforms that helps you to customize your marketing, see what your leads are actually engaging in, which makes it so much easier for your sales team to have good relevant communication and conversations because they know what it is that they're doing and they can bring up knowing what interaction that they're having with your marketing content. So obviously a platform like 366 doesn't really happen magically overnight. You've really got to have some runs on the board. And our guest has been in the game for over 22 years with you know, loads of SaaS experience. In fact, he started his business in 1999. So we're talking right in the middle of the tech bubble. He founded a company called Outsource Management Inc. or OMI. But unlike many of those boom and bust companies that have come and gone, OMI is still around and he's taken a lot of that knowledge, joined with a few other co-founders and developed 366 Degrees. So before I get too far ahead of myself though, let me introduce Brad to the summit. Brad, welcome. David, thank you so much. We're so honored and excited to be a part of this. And um, so we're, we're ready to go. Ready to go. Rock and roll. And I know this, there's a lot to cover because you're actually going to take us through your system for social selling. Maybe just as a way to start, and then we can go through step by step. But to start, if you can kind of just talk us through a little bit about some of the challenges and problems that this particular system aims to solve for business owners, and then we can sort of go through the process. Yeah, sure. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. So um, 366 Degrees and part of our, our system that we developed actually came out of some frustration with some other platforms that we were using. We were in the CRM kind of consulting world and been around marketing automation for a while. So 366 kind of started as a Skunk Works project and kind of evolved into a commercial SaaS product. But the problem we were trying to solve was many times there was a disjunct between um, our sales activities and what was going on with marketing. So there was really little visibility to maybe campaigns we were running or campaigns we wanted to run. And the salespeople really didn't have access to the content. They didn't know what the customers are, were receiving from our marketing. And so we wanted to combine the CRM functionality and targeting from whether it was email or social or landing pages and bring that view back to the sales team. So 366 started as you know being able to first easily get information from the CRM, but second, really be able to target from data or leads or contacts that were within the CRM without having to traditionally kind of list manage something, right? Like importing yeah. leads, managing data. And so we combined the two that no matter we were pulling from products like Nimble or Salesforce and executing outreach and communications could be as simple as uh, sales cadences or traditional marketing newsletters, things like that. 
But the value we're bringing is once those leads or customers are engaging with that, that material that's coming from 366, it literally is right there in the CRM on the record. So at all times, there was no really conflict of what a marketing qualified lead was or a sales qualified lead. And that's what we were trying to accomplish. Give vis better visibility around the lead process and your general customer communication. That's yeah. in a nutshell. And um, the process that you're going to share today with this social selling process, it obviously 366 helps to magnify that. But I also know like the, the structure and the way that you're delivering it, it's it really can be applied no matter what tools you're using. Like it's it's more of a way to approach selling in a, a social context. I'd, I'd love for you to kind of take us through this process so someone can start to imagine how they can leverage these tools that are out there. Yeah, and so there's there's been a really like social selling, just the term has been overused and in many cases being misleading or misdirecting to people. So our idea of kind of social selling is really comes from a very old process, right? Um, the way people used to, to sell, building relationships, learning more about people that they're trying to target, really understanding and trying to build this long-term relationship. The beauty of today versus you know 20 years ago or 30 years ago or even farther back is the tools available to gather information on you know your prospects or customers or just in your network are readily available. Some of them are free. LinkedIn, which most everyone's heard of LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, some of the platforms. Our social selling approach uses those technologies, but it's not necessarily about the technology. So we're trying to teach small businesses, as you know from the business summit, based on the audience that will be attending the summit, is you have a limited amount of time. And so we're all probably as small business people, very good at building certain relationships. And the difficult part is kind of scaling, you know, your awareness of your company, your awareness of what you offer. So our approach can be used in a very simple manner, day to day, teaching people to take the time to do simple things. Like we have, you know, going through the process, our first, you know, kind of crash course is about being engaged. And what that means is you, know, you can sign up for LinkedIn. It's free. You can do certain things where you can categorize certain types of interests. People are interested in CRM, interested in social selling. We really believe in taking the time to your network to do simple things. These tools bring up uh, happy birthday notices, all kinds of events. People change jobs, people start a business, and that's readily available to you as a business owner to be able to engage in that. So simple processes of you know, wishing somebody a happy birthday, congratulating when they have a, a job change or a new company. These are really the fundamentals of social selling that you have to invest a disciplined time every day to engage with. That first step around engage, it's um, when you think about it, I always go back to the, I think it's the Guinness Book of Records. There was that guy, Joe Girard, who sold <laughs> the most amount of cars. And one of the things that he used to do is he would send them cards at every significant anniversary for them, birthday, when they bought a car, happy Valentine's Day, happy Christmas. Like he just, he would have these touch points and effectively what you're talking about is that same strategy but then using tools and then being able to gather that data through those social networks so that when you are engaging it's relevant it's thoughtful it's commenting on things that are already going on and that's the classic you know comment on and join the conversation that's going on in the mind of your prospects so it's a way to do this 
at larger scale because you know it, it can get difficult to, to manage a very large number of contacts and yeah but but now that's that's really what's magnified but i think if the takeaway is to uh, for this first step to uh, engagement is to never miss that opportunity when it does arise that to have that engagement which then keeps you front of mind Right. It's more of a discipline for you to do. It's just a good business practice. You know, just an example, we said we've got some partners that are in the gifting and card space. And the gentleman who founded the company said, I'll always remember a gentleman was trying to sell me insurance, life insurance. And he'd been working with me for 20 years and he always sent my kids a birthday card. And he said, I never bought in any insurance from him. But the day my, my son turned old enough that he needed life insurance and car insurance, he used that gentleman. So we all kind of think from a sales process that it's um, linear and it's not, right? So just because someone is not gonna engage with you or work with you at this point, that constant awareness and just touching base, you know, being kind of engaging will bring a ton of business in the long term to small businesses that don't necessarily, you know, they gotta fill a pipeline. They've gotta have relationships that are gonna bring business later in life. And that first phase is just a discipline to do it every day, you know, and I do that myself quite often. I've wished thousands of people birthdays and it's, it's amazing how a year later, someone that I've may even known for a long time goes, oh, wow, I just saw that. And I looked at what you do. I didn't realize you were in the CRM business. We all think people are engaged and know what we do. They don't. It takes time and repetitive interaction. And it's just a good process to do every day. Yeah, yeah. So if that's the particular step and we think about how someone might do it, is this a case of carving out a certain part of the day every day, then using the tools that you've got available, whether it's 366 or Nimble or, or even just jumping on LinkedIn to be aware of what's happening? How, how do you actually, I suppose, bring that into day-to-day action? So day-to-day, even though we may follow up, personally, I think you can do it in LinkedIn. It's free and it's going to bring to your attention. So those are kind of a free tip. You know, how we do that with Nimble and how we execute in 366. So daily, I obviously, uh, Nimble does some listening and will actually bring back information off of LinkedIn. It'll show you their birthdays in Nimble. So how we do a scale in something like that where Uh, You know, we in my own database, I may have thousands and thousands of individuals. So they may be five birthdays a day, 100 a day. We have set up cadences in 366. So we can literally run like an email or a printed card to basically wish that person. So we touched them on LinkedIn. We dropped them an email that said happy birthday. And then two days later, they may get a, a card from us, which is happy birthday. That's the automation and technology side. But the simple side is even without buying those technologies, it's still a process you should take every day. So every morning I spend five to 10 minutes doing that from a manual perspective. And then we kick off our cadences through our you know technology to kind of do the other follow-up process. So I'm actually going to hit that person maybe three times, right? Yes. A personal note where I actually took time to do that an email where it might be a little bit more canned, but it's still personal, and then a card. So that's how we execute that birthday type process, you know, daily, so. What I like about, particularly with the tools side of things, is the ability then to 
to do it in more than just LinkedIn because everybody can hop into LinkedIn and you press the little button and it says congratulate them on the new position or you know wish them a happy birthday and that can very easily get lost in the noise but if you are able to then bring in some of things like offline or even the email that then becomes a bit of a pattern interrupt because there's a bit of magic around what's actually happening that because most people don't do that next step. You'll still be able to leverage off the, the the software automation side of things to make it happen and make it very leverageable and scalable, but the experience for the other person, then it feels like you, you've, you've gone that extra step and extra mile. Correct, that's where the scale comes in. So most, we're targeting and talking to small businesses here at the summit. You're probably very good at relationships or you wouldn't be where you're at. So you're doing things right. But as you want to grow and repeat that, it's just not mentally or physically possible to reach, you know, thousands of people or 100 people a week. You can't call 100 friends or your network every week to keep up with them. So the automation is really keeping you in the front and center, right? So when that time comes, that's the value of automation. It doesn't work solely without really caring about an individual or taking the time to not just use the happy birthday canned, you know, push it. You need to still be personable in those interactions. You need to say something unique versus, hey, yeah, it's real easy. I'll push the happy birthday button. No, you know, put something else a little bit more meaningful. But if you want to scale and save your time and grow your business over time, you have to be able to automate some of these kind of what I call standard go-to baseline things you need to do. And tools like 366 and Nimble are allowing you to execute, you know, that scale basically. Yeah. And then I feel that that leads us to the next point, which is you've got around B listening. So there's a, we need to engage and that's like your base level, but then the, the next step beyond that listening, can you tell us a bit about how that works? Yeah. So, you know, listening can be a, a number of ways for like the frugal non-tech, just business startups. You can do things around your customer with things like Google alerts, which are free that tell you if a company changed, something happened with a company, it was mentioned, the person was mentioned in the news. You know, those are free. You can go up to Google alerts and, and set that up. So at a basic level, you can do things like that where we're talking more about, we use Nimble for our social listening. So in Nimble, I won't go too much. There's, I think John's part of this, so he can talk a little bit yes. more about Nimble. But Nimble allows us to follow and listen across social accounts, whether something happens on LinkedIn or Twitter, it brings it to our forefront. So every day I personally go into my Nimble account and look at people that are tweeting things about us or have mentioned us or topics that we're following. And it allows us to quickly be very direct in the response, very direct in, in basically whatever that message may be. So those people that are tweeting or have mentioned us or a topic about us, there's something specific that, that we can respond to and personalize to them. So when I say listening, there's listening that way. And then obviously there's listening just through the technology on recent news of the company. And that brings, yeah. we don't have to go search or research that anymore. The tools like the CRM are bringing that to our attention to where it's, if I just wanna go see that stream, I can spend five, 10 minutes a day responding to anything that's relevant around my customer, my prospect, or, you know, partners, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that idea as well of things that are relevant around the customer. So that doesn't even necessarily need to be something specific to do with the company. It could be news that's going on in the industry, something that's relevant to them where they go, 
wow, this person cared enough to think about me and my situation. Hey, I spotted this article and thought it would be helpful. Like I think having that type of communication again just breaks through the noise because it shows that you're front of mind for them and then helps to bring you front of mind for them as well as in you front of mind. Right. And, and a lot of people talk about that's a good practice to share information that may be relevant, you know, maybe outside your industry. Like, I, you know, you may have know that you're interested in cars, right? Or, you know, some kind of interest that, you know, sharing articles and sharing information is great. It's a great way to build a more personal level. But, you know, it's social selling is really about being a connector, right? Not just a connection. Right. And to do that, you have to be listening. You have to be engaged. Um, you know, Harvey McKay, who I love. I don't know if you know who Harvey McKay is, but, you know, swim with the sharks. He's a best selling author. You know, he's a very well established gentleman. He said 66 points of a customer profile. His sales team had to know or company had to know everything about that individual they were working with. Now, think of that. He was doing that 50 years ago. There was there was no Twitter. Yeah. There was no LinkedIn but they were required to really understand. And he said, even if you follow all of these connection points to build these relationships, if you don't care, it's all irrelevant. So, yeah. you know, be a connector, not the connection is kind of part of our philosophy in this system that, you know, you've actually got to care a little bit about this person and learn and take the time. So knowing which article to share, what information they might be interested in goes a long way. So, yeah. That kind of leads into your next step, which is around uh, being savvy, because that that really is a big part of that, making sure that your communication connects and is relevant and you understand that customer and and you care. So, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about this step? Yeah. So um, when we're, we're talking about being savvy, right, being savvy is a couple things. You, you have to know who you're targeting and what your audience or what your profile is, right? Who you're trying to speak with. So, you know, sharing irrelevant information or sharing only product information or only things about yourself is a sure way to have somebody be turned off. The, the worst thing you can do in LinkedIn or an email or anything is, you know, start talking about your product, you know, start talking about things that really they may not care about. So uh, being savvy to us is, is whatever that content you're sharing, whether your automations are in place, that those key points during that conversation or that engagement, you're delivering something specific. So we use 366 in that realm that once we have different topics that we know and criteria that people might be interested in, and based on that profile or that interest level, that information is only going to be delivered to that type mm. profile or ideal profile. And so when we engage in certain people across CRM or marketing automation, they're only receiving information from us that's relevant right that's what we're talking yeah. about being savvy in your communications and i think um the good thing about something like 366 you you can set different automated sequences and then effectively be tagging people so that way you you start tailoring that communication oftentimes you see you know you might sign up to something um you make a purchase for that product or service and if the system hasn't you know, correctly tagged or or moving you from, you know, prospect to now buyer, um, the right. conversation doesn't change. And I've been in sequences where it feels like I'm still getting pitched to and I'm sitting there thinking, but hang on, I've already gone ahead and purchased. Clearly, right. you know, the, the, the connection between sales and marketing aren't talking. So I think that that's real key to make sure that, again, that message is, is relevant and, and tailored to that individual. 
And so what we're trying to also do, do there, and not really to talk the, the product, but we're trying to make um, messaging like that very easy for the, the small business owner or the sales team. And so we've done certain things like to make you know your different communication points available in a browser where I can simply highlight your name and, and then put you in a specific cadence based on a conversation. If you are interested in Nimble, you know, I may have a nimble cadence that literally right there in my browser, I can say, I talked to David, you know, David really is interested in this thing. I can put him and drop him in a sequence that's going to give you relevant content about that. And what's been difficult for organizations, big and small, is being able to drive that right messaging versus, a, you know, a giant message to that very specific buyer or potential buyer. And we're trying to make those what we call drips or cadences, you know, very content specific. So that has helped our team very much. So if I'm talking to you and I know you're interested in Nimble and I know a little about, about Nimble, I literally can give you information right from my browser and an email campaign to educate you on that. And then when you're ready to buy, you buy, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And similarly, I suppose it's good. Some of these steps kind of dovetail. You've got this idea of being personal and, and really targeting. So can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. So, you know, the technology side, um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, personalization, obviously, in emails is, is pretty easy now. Uh, you can pull information from your CRM about person's name, maybe a recent purchase, those type things that you just kind of went through. Personalization to us is really across any channel. Obviously, if you're going to pick up the phone, it's a lot easier to be personable because your personality comes across. And we're still big believers, by the way, of using video and talking on the phone. So it's not all about LinkedIn and sending emails. But one example would be from a personalization is like in those specific cards, um, I can personalize scale like a like happy birthday card or a new job card. I can personalize it scale out of my database, whether it's 366 or Nimble, to hit that, to that card's going to look like it was personally made for you. And that same experience that I'm going to give you in an email is going to look like that was personal to you. So being personal has to do with the content that you're delivering uh, to that individual and also addressing them versus, you know, hey, whoever or hi, whoever. Always try to personalize any communication you can via email, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's a print document or a, a birthday card. And that's what I'm talking about being personal. Don't make it look like it's the canned email where we used to do in the you know past. Hey, business owner, it doesn't work and it shows that no, you haven't done the research or put the technology in place to care enough to give you, you know, whatever that personal experience may be. Yeah, you, you touched on and you mentioned it a couple of times around the idea of birthday cards. And I'm familiar with a company called Send Out Cards. Have you come across any other platforms that do birthday cards quite well? Yeah, so we're very familiar with send out cards. We actually, on our OMI side, wrote a product in conjunction with a company called Rocket Notes. And yep. so we did that more out of the CRM. We wrote the CRM side where you can pick your leads, your contacts, and send gifts or cards. So yes, so even to the point now, the personalization, we can personalize a coffee mug with your name on it in the business summit. We can personalize a pack of brownies, give you a gift card, all directly from the CRM, right from simply clicking on send card or personalized items. So the personalization capabilities today are unbelievable. Mm. So literally, you know, we have clients like Vidyard or Amex or other people using that for different, what I would call life cycle events, whether they're doing lead or prospecting, 
or they're yeah. doing retention or, or customer success where they want to give someone a gift at the time of renewal or um, at re-signing the contract. So those tools are readily available and they're extremely affordable. Yeah, it is. I think what becomes challenging and maybe um, we'll touch on the last point that I'd love to get your thoughts around how to navigate through the complexity of options because there are so many. I'll, I'll, actually, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it because we'll jump the gun there. Let's yep. have a look at the, the the fourth one, which is around being flexible. I've seen some of your notes where you talk around this idea of sale or social selling not being a linear process. And I really feel like that extends just to business in general. B business doesn't have a linear process. And as much as we try and create a system or a process, step by step, do this, step two, you know, step two, do this, step three, do that. I often find systems are a great, almost like base level, here's where you start. They also create, if you've got good systems in place to handle the, the must-haves, things that have to happen in your business, it creates enough space for the business owner to then identify these these non-linear situations, when the black swan comes by, when the opportunity falls in your lap and you're you're able to fully take advantage of it. And that being flexible, I'd love to get your insights around that because I, I think it's such an important part of business. Yeah, and I think um, in our step in our phase on being flexible is, you know, business is not necessarily linear. A lot of people aren't in transactional, you know, businesses, which some transactional businesses are pretty defined. But most of us are not in transactional. I mean, we may have longer sales cycles. We may have to earn the trust. We may be putting in complicated systems that our expertise is the differentiator, right? It's not the technology. So being flexible as far as in the social side is really, like I said, kind of earning the respect not only of your network, but also resharing or connecting people in your network, maybe leads or prospects with other, other people that you know can help them right? We've gotten more business by actually referring leads that come to us about something and we may not be a fit, but we'll refer them to someone we know. And in many cases, that comes back to us tenfold because they knew we were doing the right thing for them. And when the time came for them, you know, to pick a marketing automation or pick a CRM consulting firm, they came back. So it's not linear. I know we all have deadlines and budgets and <laughs> revenue goals to meet. But at the end of the day, businesses, like you said, it is nonlinear and it, it's a continuation. Someone may not do business with you today, but they are a prospect in the future. So our flex being flexible to us is acknowledging that, recognizing that and keep nurturing that relationship because it will come back. So be a giver, mm -hmm. kind of be a giver, not a taker in all cases. So, yeah. Um, in the tail end, as we kind of tie it together, because it's almost like, these could be seen as steps as much as they are principles and guiding principles for social selling. I, I, like, I do like principles in that it can then be applied into all situations, into every business, like everything that we've talked about, someone could apply. When, when someone tries to tailor it down to their specific business, I think having some method of being engaged and, and know what's going on, and that kind of leads into the second step around listening as well. So. I think that feels like an action step or the takeaway. You really need to think about how do you engage, like listen to what's going on, whether that's through tools or manually, making space and time, getting it on the calendar. And then this idea of being savvy, 
as far as the, the different tools that you do have at your disposal and then also being very clear on who you're targeting and knowing that target audience. Everybody should be clear on that. Being personal, again, linking back to the tools, I think it, it almost feels like the main step here is to create a framework for at least some minimum requirements or actions that get taken to, to make sure this happens because it's one thing to listen to your session it's another thing to then act on it so do you have any tips on how to navigate that and that complexity of you know there are so many different software solutions you, you've we've touched on so many great ideas it's like where do you start yeah well the the good news i think for this audience with the business summit is the technology to to do this and to execute it and to do it effectively it is not thousands of dollars. It's one of the reasons we created 366 was for the SMB, for the small business, right? So it was affordable. So you could do some of these things that seem very complex because in a bigger business they are and they could cost tens of thousands of dollars a month in some cases. But the system that we're talking about using tools like Nimble and the free tools like LinkedIn and Twitter and even 366, I mean, you're talking about a technology investment of, you know, probably under $150 a month. And if you told me would I invest $150 a month in my business to automate some things and grow, it is feasible. I mean, it is not that difficult. Where you have to start is you have to start somewhere from the principles we've defined, right? The engagement and all this good things that we just went over. You do have, it is a discipline. You have to set down, you have to do these things daily and you have to think through the messaging that you want to automate or that you want to communicate. That is the biggest struggle I would say that businesses mm -hmm. have is defining that, you know, what do I say? When do I say it? It's not the technology anymore. It's that area. So that depends, just like you said, people should know this. You, you would believe that everyone can just sit down and tell you who their target is, what they're targeting. The reality of it is when you sit down and have to structure it, it's a little bit harder to do that. So our system when we engage people is we assist them in defining some of that messaging, but the delivery is very easy. The delivery um, and automation is not as complicated as they think. So where you start is before you buy any technology, before you invest in it, think about who you're trying to target, what you're trying to accomplish, and what content pieces or messaging pieces are gonna help you drive that, are gonna help you. So. We say start there and then apply the technology on top of it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's, um, I'm gonna even add that in as the, the final point in your system where it's almost like develop the action plan based on these principles, which is very clear on the target audience and then almost map out the, the points at which you want to engage. Right. And then you can look for the software that will then help to do that at scale and make it easy. And even if you just get started by doing it manually first, a bit of human automation uh, always helps. And then then you look for tools to move yeah. the scaling once you go, yeah, this is working yeah. for me. Yeah, And I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I've been in technology a long time. I, I like LinkedIn, it's great, you know, but. You know, I had a friend say, you know, you really should be more involved on LinkedIn. I've been using this process and it's really great. You're, you're not going to believe it. And I think maybe just a couple of years ago, I maybe had a couple hundred followers because I, I really didn't spend a lot of time on it. And I took a concerted effort now, you know, over the last couple of years to do it. And I think I have 6,000 or whatever followers, whatever it is. 
but I took a concerted effort and started doing the, we do these practices every day. So we don't like to preach something that's not real. And I can tell you our, our business literally did benefit even from those manual processes and connecting and thanking people. And then once we started to automate it, it's just about staying front and center. You're a small business. You have so much to do every day. You're dealing with finances. You're dealing with marketing. You're dealing with sales. You have a hundred hats you're wearing. If, if you really want to break out of that mold and you know this as what you do, David, as a business, uh, you have to think through these things to start to automate and scale. And once you do that, as to your saying, you get to remove yourself, you know, from some of those day to day things and really focus on growing your business. And you don't have to use technology, but it, if you want to scale, it's a lot easier. So. Yeah, perfect. I reckon that brings us to the conclusion. I'll, I think the best place for people to go is obviously to check out uh, 366degrees.co. You're about to launch your new site. So depending on when someone watches this, that'll be exciting for them to see. Um, they'll also see the logo of 366 across the site and being a, a sponsor. Yes, a big thank you for that. We appreciate your support. Is there anywhere else you want to point people if they want to find out more about your work or... Yeah, um, so you can find us at 366degrees.co. That is up and running. So thank you. Good. Congrats to our marketing team. They did a good job with that. If you want to learn just more about our history, like our breadth of what we've done, OMI is the company that's, you know, we've been around for 20 years and that's just OMI.co. And that yeah. business is more around consulting and CRM and helping people integrate all these things. So it'll give a perspective of why we started 366 and what we wanted to give back to the small business, like the Business Summit users here. We created that for organizations like yourself. So we'd love to help anyone that's trying to struggle with this or, or looking to kind of get into the scaling automation side. We really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it. And any way we can help, we would love to do it. Perfect. Thanks again, Brad. Yeah, thank you. David. Appreciate it just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.